All right, welcome to episode 17 of No Putts Given. Today, we're talking Costco refunding a lot of people. Tony, did you get your money back? I never bought a Costco golf <laughs> Wait, did, does that Wait, mean you I got I don't have a Costco. <laughs> no we Costco. did get our money back, and we got to test the balls. So Hell we yeah. also are going to tell you a little bit today about the performance of a golf ball that doesn't matter anymore but might in the future. One of the coolest things to come out since Top Golf, maybe, called Encore Buffalo. Looks sick as hell, honestly. Oh, yeah. Really cool. And we're going to tell you about all kinds of new products from Titleist. They have a new golf ball. TPT is a shaft you might want to pay attention to. And something Tuesday next week that we can't really tell you much about, but you're definitely going to want to check out. Let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. Tony's shaking his shoulders, so we're good. Yeah, let's get it, music. Shimmy it. It's in my head, man. <laughs> I don't think Matt liked the intro music that I picked for No Putts I was, I was dancing way, to the music in my head. Matt's more of like the jazzy porn scene well, music. Yeah, he loves porn background, <laughs> like elevator music. <laughs> I mean, and, and every time we tell him, we're like, that's a little porny. He's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, let's get to the <laughs> refund from Costco. Um, we bought the golf ball pretty crazy. Like we did a flashback Friday of the Wall Street Journal article the day that they actually released the ball, re-released the ball, and I had no clue that that really? was going to happen. No, it's pretty crazy. So anyway, as soon as we got the uh, the announcement that the balls were back out, we bought them because obviously we needed to get them in. Tony and we know how that start. story ends. Yes, we know how that story ends. We tested them. Uh, the full results will be available next week. We're going to give you a little bit of the results today. Um, but obviously we saw issues immediately inside of our studio when we were cutting them, when we were testing them, and everybody on social media that's hardcore golfer that at least follows my golf spy saw the um, smiley faces and what we call the you know, modern-day balada. So anyway, that's not good, obviously, and Costco knows that, and they took care of it. And uh, they really took care of it, meaning just got a random unsolicited email, said, hey, this product didn't stand up to the uh, performance that we expect out of Kirkland Signature products. And not only are we refunding your purchase, we're going to refund your shipping. And oh, by the way, keep balls. And as soon as the emails started coming in from everybody and the direct messages that this message had gone out, everyone was applauding them, you know. And, you know, obviously, I think it's the right thing to do. They should have done that. But that brings me kind of to the next thoughts. And Tony, how does a golf ball like this ever get to consumers in the first place prior to the refund that got they got applauded for? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Uh, Who the hell knows? Like somebody somebody screwed the pooch. I mean, that is that is absolutely for sure. I I think at this point in talking to people and, and kind of going over what we found with the ball, we believe there are two problems. The first being that there's not a, a reasonable adhesion between the the urethane cover and the uh, the casing layer, and the second problem is with the cover itself. Uh, basically, we've described it as potentially a cross-linking problem, which, among other things, is a kind of a chemical process, molecular level stuff that 
that increases the durability of a urethane cover, and specifically a thin urethane cover. So Okay, well, b- besides all the fancy schmancy scientific talk that no golfer is really going to understand, how yeah, in the f- does a golf ball get to market to consumers like this? Like, if you're going to come out with a golf ball, do you never hit those golf balls prior to releasing the golf balls? I, I was getting there. So, <laughs> so essentially... Uh, from what I understand, the factory has new equipment, right? If you look at pass balls from SM Parker slash Phantom, like they've their urethane covers have been traditionally thicker than most. So they've brought in new machinery, new processes to allow them to make a thinner cover. Uh, and the thinking is that they sort of just said, "All right, well, we, we understand how to make covers. We're just doing it with different pieces of equipment. So we, you know, we're just going to assume it to be good, right?" It looks like at no point in this process did anybody think that, you know, hey, maybe maybe before we ship a, a shipping container's worth of these golf balls over to Costco, maybe we should hit them with a golf club and see what happens. Uh, so it seems like Pretty that crazy. critical step was missing. And clearly what we <laughs> saw in our own testing and from now countless people on the interwebs is that when you hit these balls with a with a golf club, the cover spit li- uh, split like Bellotta used to. So, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. A point to be made here to any golf ball company that's coming out with a golf ball and doing any R&D, Tony Gray brought up a great point. A critical step in the golf ball development process is hit the balls with golf clubs prior to releasing your next golf ball. My question is, is, there, is it possible that Costco was made aware by who's S.M. Parker's building this ball? S.M. Parker, yeah, formerly Phantom, probably, you know, different name, probably still the same people. You don't, you don't swap out a factory's worth of employees because you're, you, you bought it, right? I mean, is it possible that they knew that this cover was crap and then they either didn't tell Costco or they did tell Costco and then they just sent the ball off? I mean, anything is possible, right? And it's certainly been suggested to me in some of my conversations with others in the ball business that... You know, it it wouldn't be necessarily completely out of character for for one of these factories to to show a perspective one by, uh, pers- a perspective buyer one product and then deliver something that that wasn't right. quite the same. I don't see what you what you get out of that in the end. You know, price. You know, especially you backtrack really quick to find it, cut it. You could get away with some of the stuff internally. Yeah. But this, like, how are you going to get away? Everybody is going to see that problem. You know, every golfer. The only people who are going to see the internal centering of core issues are the Tony Coveys of the world that are going to buy a tool to cut open balls. Same with us yeah. now, right? You'd almost think that Costco would be smarter in that after what happened with the Kirkland golf ball, it, you know, blew it up. They, they had sold a real out. opportunity here. Man. Right, and they had a real opportunity to make a really good golf ball knowing what's going on in the golf landscape with the find it cut. I mean, this find it cut, it's really taking the industry by storm. And people are really starting to grab onto it. And Costco, hopefully knowing that, well, supposedly maybe it's just a misstep on their part. There are some who think it's going to hurt them long term. Like, oh, you know, people are going to realize that that maybe maybe a warehouse superstore uh, isn't a legitimate golf ball brand. Like that mindset. I don't think people go into Costco thinking that Costco is a a maker of product anyway, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what Costco doesn't make anything. And this was actually a conversation I had uh, yesterday with one of our, our friends in the media. It's this idea, like I, I don't know the entire Costco signature line, right? I don't have a Costco near me. I don't shop at Costco. So I'm not familiar with 
all of their products lines, but it, it is interesting to me, right? And I don't know if there are others that meet this description, but you have a situation where it's not, hey, this is, we, we got a really high quality vodka and we, we put our name on it. This is a case where there are, there is a quantifiable performance specification that needs to both be achieved and be maintained. And if, you know, if we're going to stay true to what the, the idea of the Costco signature name is all about, it has to be able to compete with with the Titleist. And from a quality standpoint, I mean, what we've seen here is is light years away, absolutely light years away from from any leading brand, any brand in the golf ball business that makes even a halfway decent product. I mean, this was quite frankly crap. The Obviously, the durability is a major issue, right? And no one that gives a damn about their golf game and score should be playing that ball, right? right? I'm sure they're going to do something when they come out with another ball. We'll see, right? Hopefully. If but they want to sell golf balls. We did test this ball and just, you know, obviously the, the purpose of the data at this point is almost pointless outside of just the curiosity factor from our side. And Something has from, to change with the ball. Yeah. But an extra we did do a full test on the golf ball versus the 2016 model and versus the current Pro V1X. Correct. So Sam is going to be publishing uh, that data next week, but we do have the results. We just got to put it all together. So run, run everybody listening through the performance of the 2019 Kirkland golf ball. So this is taking all the cover considerations away from it, meaning just what were the numbers? What was the data? Obviously we know the core matter or the cover matters, but this was the data. Yeah. So, so not getting super deep into it, you know, when, when the results come out next week, you can go through the tableau and, and dive deeper into it. But uh, it's definitely faster than the 2016 model, so ball the ball speed. speeds were up, but it was spinnier. So drivers' spin rates were way up. I mean, I hit the balls; you could really feel the spin coming off the face. And then you look at the track band, you're like, "Holy crap!" That's like a 3500 ballpark. What was the spin for you for the three thousand ninety was average spin rate. So, I mean, in a in a world where you're trying to get driver spin near the low two thousands, that's kind of that's not very good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it spins significantly more than the 2016 Kirkland, but again, it's a slightly faster. Uh, but one thing that we did notice was uh, that it was more inconsistent. So it's a lot spin- of outliers, right? Yeah. So the way that we do outlier detection, you have a chunk of shots. Let's say you tend to hit a high fade, and then one of those 12 shots you hit is a big draw. 40-yard hook. 40-yard hook. Our outlier detection will automatically throw that 40-yard hook. It identifies that as something that was not the club's fault or the ball's fault, but the human's fault, right? Right. And yeah, we and try to really, eliminate that. Really quick, it's important to, to, to point out, too, that we don't do this for just offline. We look at, I think at this oh, point, yeah, yeah, a yeah. half a dozen different parameters. And if mm-hmm. any of those, if, if, if a shot is atypical for one of those parameters, we toss it. So... Uh, and we so, do, we're much more aggressively, uh, or much more aggressive in how we do that with, with golf ball tests, because we want to get really just kind of a, a narrower section of, of repeatable right. data. So, right. so we're really trying to separate, is, sorry, go ahead. No. Is this 2019 Kirkland ball had a lot more outliers, which tells you what, as a, te- as a, the guy that runs the test facility, it's a more inconsistent ball. Correct. Um, there was and and wildly inconsistent. So you know you can have some variability in ball speed, spin rate, things like that. But when you're getting a driver driver spin rate of three thousand five hundred, and then all of a sudden you hit one, it's like two thousand. The the changes from ball to ball are large, and th- that we know there's some manufacturing problems. So from swing to swing, 
the variabilities are drastically larger with the 2019 ball than the 2016 or the Titleist. I think that's safe to say. Okay. I think it's worth pointing out, right? There is, as we've talked about, there is a, a factory change here. The the original ball was made at Nassau, which is, I would I, I would suggest is is probably the the top tier of the the Asian factories. And now you're moving to to Phantom slash SM Global, which I think most in the ball business, most familiar with operations, would probably put number three. So there there's a step down uh, at the factory level here. So it, it's not totally surprising or even a little surprising that they, they don't appear to have been able to replicate the performance of the original ball. Well, right. one other thing I want to also reiterate before we move on, and that is the data itself, right? So let's say you hit a couple of shots. When we were early on and just looking at a few shots today, we were like, wow, ball speeds are up, right? And this is the problem I still want to drive home with small scale testing, you know? Really, at a glance, you could look at 10 shots of this ball and go, that's a pretty damn good ball. Yeah. And people can get, they look at ball speeds and distance and they go, man, this is longer than the whatever, right? Well, after you hit multiple shots, hundreds of shots, right? Thousands of shots. And you start to see these inconsistencies, more of the true story of a product starts to come to life. Right. And what has come to life with this one is bad cover, inconsistent performance, which is a bad golf ball, yeah. right? Yeah. So What's the moral of the story, in your opinion, from this testing and the performance you found, Sam? So my final verdict is just wait till Costco gets their shit together. I mean, we'll, we're going to see if, like I said earlier, if Costco really wants to sell golf balls to consumers, if you play golf on a golf course, uh, you know, I would I would wait until Costco gets their shit together so that you can get a golf ball that won't crack after, what, right. two shots? <clears throat> well, RIP Kirkland K-Sig four-piece 2019. We're moving on. Okay? Yeah. We'll move on from something that was pretty concerning to something that's really cool, in my opinion. And that is what's called Encore Buffalo. And for those of you that can't see this and are just listening to the podcast, I would definitely recommend going over to the YouTube video that's going to be published on Monday to see the visual and pictures of this thing. Um, I think it was three years ago, PGA show, we were at Top Golf, and Encore happened to be there. And... Um, they had told us what they were going to do. And my eyeballs about popped out of my head because I was like, wow, that is badass, you know? So it was really top golf kind of. They were you know, telling you about this project back then? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think they wanted to get it done, but projects take a long time, right? And a lot of money. So, and a whole lot of money. I think this one's 30 mil. <laughs> 30 so, mil. Um, if you have ever been to a top golf or seen a top golf, you have a basic vision of what this looks like. But if you can. Think of the Jetsons from when you were used to watch TV back when Tony and I were young. Um, it will give you an idea of what the future can look like in this space. So not only is it Top Golf, but it's gamification of Top Golf. So not only that, but indoor surfing, indoor skateboarding, indoor baseball, basketball. Well, that, that's year all. Round. Let's be clear. That's that's all potential stuff, right? That's kind of what they Correct. what they hope to add. But it is. It is a vision for a sports entertainment complex that's that's rooted in golf, right? Encore is, is fundamentally a, a golf a golf ball company, um, but the long term vision is to extend this well beyond to golf into sort of just this this massive urban sports entertainment complex. It's badass, and you know it's the future. At least man. <laughs> Sam keeps saying it's the future. Um, Think about it though, like now. Now I don't have to go to the batting cages to play 
to hit baseballs or I don't have to go to the driving range. It's all in one place and it's all virtual. Like everything that I was reading in this write up was like virtual this, virtual that. I mean, we're Not moving that, towards you can this. Stay the night in a hotel. Yeah. That's right. Ho- yeah. Hotel on site. Uh, yep. The parking is all underneath the building, meaning like hovering below the building that's built on stilts above it. Um, Sam even found a little cool tidbit about since this is in Buffalo and they average how many inches of snow a year? 94. 94. That's datacratic right there, folks. 94 inches of snow. They've um, got this. So the, in the Forbes article, they're talking about how the, these autonomous machines will push snow from the center of the of the complex to the sides. And then there's these snow melting Devices. Devices that are going to melt away I, I this, this 94 heaters. inches of snow. <laughs> I knew Tony was going to say that. You just lobbed up with the biggest watermelon for Tony. Uh, well, I, I mean, okay, Sorry, well, Martha. <laughs> there's probably a little bit more engineering that goes into that. Where are you going to displace all this water? A drain. There you I, go. I got you. you. I'm you one step ahead of you there, You've Tony. And me. I would just like to point out, I used to watch the Jetsons too. Did so you? I'm not that young. Okay. Well, Tony is his umbrella invention has a drain on it, so he's been studying the you know that's right the physics on. Will your handle be fit though? <laughs> it's oh, got to be right. Fit. I'm at least going to offer three designs, right, <laughs> to help fit you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, really cool. Also, the kind of takeaway is Encore is becoming more than a golf ball company, right, Tony? Yeah, yeah, I think, and we've seen this for, you know, almost in iterations, right? So when they launched, they keep in mind, right? Encore started with that hollow metal core golf ball. My ears uh, and, still hurt. You know, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't a good golf ball, but it was it was, I, I think, showed a commitment to do something different, which you know, different again isn't always good, but an idea that hey, we're we're going to be a company that that's rooted in innovation, and and sometimes that'll be good, and sometimes that is it isn't. Uh, but obviously, the 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 uh, the encore uh, the elixir solid ball, right? Not nothing that we can point to and say, hey, this is this is terrible. Good ball, moving on, right? They've displayed the genius ball. Right, a prototype of a sort of a launch monitor in a golf ball, give you real time feedback. So that's an ongoing project. I mean, uh, what a year or two ago, we published something where they were working on, uh, for lack of a better description, yeah. right, launch monitor glasses. Right, so they were partnering with another company to have you give you those glasses that you put on and essentially give you a launch monitor display as you hit a golf ball. So, so the theory of the, all those products, Tony, is eventually they're all going to be tied into Encore Buffalo where right. you wear the glasses and you see this virtual display out on this top golf ball. Like thing. I said, man, it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, eventually I think that's the plan. And the cool thing about Encore that I've always loved is you've got the titleists of the world, right? Where they've they've got that pillar that has been around for 100 years. In the DTC, direct consumer space, you've got the Dean Snell, which is kind of the pioneer of that space and also has the pedigree in that space of actually inventing golf balls that perform, right? And then outside of that, Encore really was pushing the envelope from an IP patent situation, technology situation where you need some of those smaller companies to push tech. And most of the direct consumer balls, as we all know, you know, Kirkland's not pushing the tech. Uh, Vice, last time I checked, isn't pushing tech. Cut isn't pushing tech. Snell has tech of his own that right. he created. And then you've got Encore, which is pushing the pushing the envelope. So I applaud them, man. Yeah, like, and they, they clearly with this next project, they are not shy at all to think outside the box and try to transform 
the future of not only golf but hell yeah kudos sports. up to you know to yeah. encore for at least putting this vision out there and sticking to it and committing to it because they've been they've been busting their hump i know for the last three years to get a better golf ball to golfers get smarter golf balls to golfers and get really cool stuff and entertaining things for golfers um so kudos to encore golf um, yeah it's worth mentioning too they are they are buffalo guys right i mean buffalo is their hometown they they love their hometown and they are they are making serious efforts to to not only be part of an ongoing urban renewal project there but to build like this what what really could be in some ways a centerpiece just something really really cool for the city of buffalo that that just doesn't really exist anywhere else right like we're talking like right in the middle of a city here if you take three years to develop something that costs $30 million and you were looking around the country as, all right, where is our most ideal $30 million spent? I doubt many people would say Buffalo, New York. So the fact that they're sticking to that once again is just like, hell yeah, man. Like that's, I love that about Encore. I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go up there. I'm, I'm going to go take a visit to Tony and first then in line. hit up Buffalo and we'll, we'll grab Tony out of Saratoga and bring him down. And then, Yeah. It's like just five hours away, man. Just a, just a short five hour drive. <laughs> From Gansvort? Yes. Yeah. Saratoga, yeah. It's about that. Five. Maybe the next more. maybe the next one will be called Encore Gansvort. Yeah, there you go. It's gonna be built on farmland somewhere. <laughs> Aren't there people that don't believe that Gansvort's a real town? Yeah, no, Harry Arnett will be the first visitor as I'm still trying to prove to him that, that Gansvort is a real place. I just I just heard the other day what Harry Arnett's gonna do. What is he gonna do? After Callaway. What are those women's yoga pants? Lululemon? Yeah. Guess he's doing that for men. What? Yeah, I know is in like some kind of sporting, sporting goods. Mar- Marky Mark, I guess, is part of this. Yeah, well, Men's whatever, yoga anything pants? that gives me more comfortable pants, I'm I'm for in principle. We'll see so if uh, you'll let him get in your pants. Hey, I'll wear them <laughs> on the right, golf I'm course. I'll let Harry get in my pants. <laughs> next. Oh, <God. laughs> All right. So moving on to the next thing, that's what's new in golf, kind of from an equipment space. And I'm going to leave this up to Tony since he's the man with the plan who knows everything about all the new gear. So let's get to it. Uh, Titleist New Golf Ball, what is it? And why should people give a damn about it? Yeah, it's a Titleist True Feel replacement for True Soft, which was at one point, I think, the replacement for DT, DT Solo, which was obviously a ball people really liked. Um, really? Quick talking point, right? Softest feeling golf ball in the Titleist lineup. It's, you know, two-piece construction. It's 22 bucks. It's... Yeah, it's it's definitely for the preference-driven golfer, and that preference is soft feel, and that's really, you know, there's not a lot to, more to it. I mean, a couple dimple pattern changes, right, to optimize performance off long irons and, and things like that, but the rest, it's, hey, yeah, our, our core is a little bit faster and our cover is a little bit softer, and if you're looking for a really soft ball under $25, here you go. Yeah, it's one of the interesting things from all golf ball companies over the years that we've got to know. They go, and they know it, right? They yeah. know two-piece balls are never going to outperform, you know, three and four piece balls, really, right? right? It's impossible. It's <laughs> is that, exactly. Is that a hairy keep... word? <laughs> Think impossible is a Ralph Wiggum thing. I just thought that might have been a hairy word that you're tapping it, it into. It very well might be. Anyway, let's keep going. Come on. Sorry, sorry. I'm trying to wrap something around my you head. Wrap your wrap it around <laughs> your head. <laughs> so, golf ball companies that are serious about making really good golf balls know that two piece golf balls will never be yeah. as good as the other balls they sell, but they still sell them. Because yeah, they sell. 
Yeah, it kind of blows my mind. But. I kind of, I kind of like how they're getting away from the word soft, though. <clears throat> True feel into from what is a soft feel, right? True yeah. feel. That yeah. is, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah. True feel. I mean, and we, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost a joke, but not really. If you wanted to, right there, if you're Titleist and you wanted to, and really kind of create a line of demarcation, you could, uh, you could rename velocity uh, firm feel or something like that. So <laughs> I guess maybe. Uh, Getting away from the actual labels and just letting people assume that if, if you're talking about feel, it must be soft is uh, well. Here's a good things. way to go. Golfers care most about feel, right? And soft is the easiest way to give them that. So yeah. golf ball companies give golfers what they want. Unfortunately, not what they need, but that's the reality that we but live in. My golf well, ball says that you shouldn't buy a box of balls that says soft on it. So if they get away from the word soft, mm. are you technically buying? Tony might change the whole verbiage of the industry <laughs> in a couple of years. The word soft might be completely eliminated from golf balls. <laughs> Here's hoping. The new true feel from Tylus. The squishy. 10 words or less. It's a squishy ball for guys who want a squishy ball. At 22 <laughs> bucks. 22 bucks. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Next up is <laughs> be in a the next shaft commercial. from TPT. And that name for the gearheads is you know probably pretty well known at this point, right? Praise TPT. But, but for the average golfer, I don't think they still know about TPT. No so way. really quickly, what's the new shaft called, Tony? Who's it for and why should they care? So yeah, the new shaft for, from TPT is, they're, they're not big on names. <laughs> not overly clever with them. It's the 20 series. And so it's being nice. billed as a, a premium shaft for slower swing speed players. Like, and, and slower in this case is basically anything under 90 for the most part. And okay. it, it, it sounds odd, but if you look like this is a this is a category where there isn't a lot of concentration from the from your mainstream shaft companies. And what TPT is saying is, hey, we're we're gonna engineer, we're gonna we're gonna treat slower swing speed players like we treat everybody else, and we're gonna give them a a, a quality shaft optimized for that demographic. And we're gonna charge four hundred and fifty bucks for it. Yeah, there you go. So four hundred and fifty bucks, right? So outside of wow. the issues that we saw where their shafts were breaking more than most, right? Did you like the TPT shaft tech and the performance? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I was I was a big fan, and and I think it's it's worth telling, right? They they had those big problems, and we haven't seen anything from them in a while. This is kind of the the first shaft in I think probably more than a year, and they've talked to us. We saw them at the PGA show. They talked about a a new tour pro profile driver shaft, so heavier, stiffer. They talked about. 120 gram TPT graphite iron shafts that they think could be the next big thing. And hmm. they've kind of pushed those to the back burner or at least taken their time with them to make sure that, hey, we get these right and we don't have those same problems. What's different about TPT, though, compared to, to other shaft techs? What, is, what separates yeah, TPT? Yeah, so the, the manufacturing process is, is fundamentally different, right? So thin ply technology is short version. All their shafts are made by machine, right? And the selling point there is, apart from having more flexibility with the construction, uh, they say it's just a fundamentally more precise way of doing uh, shaft manufacturing. Whereas everybody else, right, uh, I think Project X probably almost to a degree cornered the perceptual market with the idea of, you know, hand-rolled and handcrafted. But the reality is every other graphite shaft is hand-rolled. And so that, that's fundamentally the difference here. TPT made by machines, everybody else hand-rolled. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, generally speaking, hand rolled is not as good as 
machine. Yeah, I was gonna say sometimes. what what's the Poten- what's I mean potentially, right? But what we've seen so far, like would you would you take a hand rolled shaft that performs really well, as in the case of everything from you know your big manufacturers, Fujikura Graphite Design, Project X, or TPT, which is developing a new technology, right? Unlike anything else, but the initial batch kind of broke a lot. So, you know, it, hmm. it's still it's it's a brilliant idea on paper, uh, but it's unproven at this point, yep, and certainly point. you know it needs kind of like hand making a putter versus machining a putter, right? right. Like. I don't. I don't want to go out there with some putter that somebody rolled a flat face on that they think they rolled it flat, and it not be perfectly right. flat, right? But that sounds great on paper, but that took a while to get kind of perfected Absolutely. as well. So, all right, I mean, it's so, always nice to think. Of, sorry, I mean to cut you off. It's always nice to think about like, oh man, this guy like made it with his hands. You know, you think about like craftsmen. They're this is handcrafted. Golfers love that. Yeah, they they eat that shit up, and then when you think about the precision that a machine can give you. In well, theory. <laughs> in theory, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Last last I checked, I don't think my car was made by, like, hand. I think it was kind It was of, probably, like, a screw or two, just... Yeah, a little bit. You know, drilled in there, but... I feel confident that it won't fall apart, though, when it's not made by a lot of hands. There you go. <laughs> no, it's, right, I mean, now, you could almost... You could draw parallels between the, the first batch of TPT shafts and, and the, the latest Kirkland golf ball, where, you know, it's really exciting <laughs> out of the gate... <laughs> Um, but then you you start to see like these these legitimate issues, and now everybody who is or rational thinkers who are really interested in the, this type of product are kind of stepping back and, and taking a wait and see approach and, and waiting you know let let somebody else test these out. Well, a few differences there. The Kirklands were fifteen dollars. The TPTs are four hundred fifty dollars. And Kirkland gave you your money back. <laughs> the. Uh, at the, and, and TPT, remember when TPT launched, it was seven hundred, I think. So Ooh. you know, four fifty, they've come down quite a bit. What was that shaft that came out last year, year before at the PGA show? That oh, was like oh, uh, seven, seven dreamers? dreamers, seven dreamers. Whatever happened to them? Uh, uh, They're dreaming. That's a good question. <laughs> Still dreaming. I have not an answer to that question. Yeah, I don't either. Harry knew a guy there, and he's gone now. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, next week. On my Goss Buy, something new that you're going to want to check out, I think. We can't say anything about it because it's embargoed, but Some bitch. Tuesday. Tuesday. Just check it yeah. out. Yeah, cool just story. kind of a, a really cool kind of potentially cool something different. Uh, and, you know, there there may be some other reasons behind the timing that we'll talk about. But, yeah, really kind of, kind of something different. Yeah. And the last thing that's new and it's really new, and that is we want to get your input on this too. Uh, we are going to probably pretty considerably revamp most wanted testing, uh, not in the sense of how we collect the data, but how we present the data to you. In the very first stages, uh, working with some, you know, a cool company that we think can uh, do some really cool things for golfers and make it more valuable for them. So if you have any thoughts on what you would like to see, in regards to how we present the data to you, let us know because uh, we will definitely take it into consideration. Um, Tony and I have gotten so close to the source on all this data that sometimes it has become really difficult for us to pull back and go, all right, what would be best for the presentation of this to help golfers be educated and empowered most by our data? So leave a comment in the comment section, a review, whatever. Send us an email, contact at mygolfspy.com. Uh, Sam probably give out his phone number. You might even be able to text him. Um, 
Look him up Maybe. on Tinder, whatever you need to do. Exact Amundo. Uh, Wait, no, we're off that. Tinder's gone. I deleted oh, my profile. Yes, he is officially locked down. Yeah. All right, so for now, next week on No Putts <laughs> Given, the last thing before we go is we've got, uh, we rarely have special guests or guests at all on No Putts Given. So next week we have Dean Snell from Snell Golf on. And honestly, this is an opportunity with all the ball stuff going on that, uh, if you want something answered from Dean Snell about the balls that he makes and the industry that he's in. Or the balls that other in, people make, maybe. <laughs> or the Hopefully. balls that other people make. Now is the time to post those questions. So if you're watching this on YouTube, post the comment in the comment section. Make sure you ask the question you want asked uh, to Dean Snell. And we'll look at all the different ones that get brought up. Um, also, if you're listening to our podcast, the reviews honestly do help. Send in the reviews of what you're thinking of the show, what you like, you know, what you don't like. And we've actually started to make some changes, if you haven't noticed, based on some of the feedback from readers. So hopefully anyway, they've noticed. What's that? Hopefully they've noticed. One thing is I think we're we're a little bit shorter last week, which some people wanted. Some people want long, some people want short. So we're trying to toss up a few different ones, see what you like, what you don't like. I get so much feedback from my friends. Like, how long do you think the podcast should be? They're like, 30 minutes, and I'll hear 45, then I'll hear an hour. It's like what do we choose? Well, some people that are in their cars, right, yeah. want to just listen for as long as their ride is. And yeah. then some people that are listening to this at their desktop mm-hmm. you know, might want a shorter period. But hey, man. Or, or a longer one so they don't do work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you guys have any topics that you want us to cover, let us know because that's what we're here for. Uh, so until next time, we out. All right. I got to go see Anders. <laughs>